Dr. Damon Ashworth, and I'm joined with a special guest host, Scott Harris. Hi guys, uh, my name is Scott, and I live here in Melbourne. I am currently a motivational speaker, speaking about brain injury. What led to your brain injury? What, what happened? Okay, so in 2008, I was involved in a serious motorcycle accident. In this accident, I actually ran into a friend. I went head on with a friend and. From that, I went over the handlebars and I went face first into his motorbike. Now, we had an 80-kilometer impact, and that would have been okay if it was in a car, but I was on a motorbike, so there was nothing to protect me. When I went into, went into his motorbike, I smashed my face, and this is what caused uh, the severe brain damage. Now, as soon as the accident happened, I was, I was straight away knocked out, and then... Uh, and then the air ambulance arrived within, I think, about 20 minutes. When they arrived, they then induced me into a coma, and then I was airlifted to the Royal Melbourne Hospital. There I spent 16 days until I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, they then shipped me off to Epworth Rehabilitation Centre. Then I spent the first six months as an inpatient there. What was it like coming out of the coma? It was very odd. I think about two and a half weeks before the accident was my last memory before the accident. Yeah. I, I was at I was at the spring racing carnival then and it basically felt like somebody clicked their fingers and it was all of a sudden four weeks later and I'd woken up out of the coma and for the first sort of first month I was in post traumatic amnesia, which mm-hmm. is a state of recovery after a major head injury. So I didn't exactly just sort of wake up out of the coma. No. Uh, it wasn't like waking up after a sleep. It was kind of, I can remember bits and pieces of, of that month, but I can't really figure out a definite memory for that whole six months. So just I didn't, little yeah, flashes. Little flashes here and there, yeah. Do you have any memory of the accident at all or of riding on that day? It's quite weird. I've got... I've got one flashback of sitting on the hill with the group of mates that I was riding with. I've got another memory of one of the guys or the guy that was following me at the time going up the hill beside me and me looking over at him and I guess smiling up, whatever we did. And then there was another flashback I have of my friend who had just returned from London. And this was, I think, the night before. She's, uh, she rang me up and she said, uh, you know, she said that she was home and that we, you know, we'd all organised to go out for dinner. And I remember her phone call. Uh, like, I remember, uh, you know, words from her phone call. The rest of the time, uh, the rest of the time is completely wiped from my memory, which uh, is called retrograde amnesia. So yeah. after after a big head injury, you can sustain memory loss for a period of time before the accident. How long were you confused for after the accident? So that was basically the, P- the whole PTA period of time I was confused. The accident happened on the 15th of November. I... Got to Epworth about the 1st or 2nd of December and then I, I was in PTA until the 25th of December. Wow. 
do they normally declare people as being out of PTA or is it just a yeah. period of time? Yeah, so the way you technically get out of PTA. So when I was in PTA, I wasn't allowed any – I was in a very, very low stimulus environment. wasn't allowed any TV, no friends, and I was basically sleeping for about 22 hours of the day. And to get out of PTA, to get – so that you can go and socialise with other people, so that you can have some stimulation into your brain. You have to answer the same set of questions three days in a row. These are simple questions like your name, your age, and those sort of things. My brain wasn't in a position to form new memories for the whole, basically the whole, up until the the end of PTA. I guess that's when they can declare you out of PTA. They know that my brain is, is in a stable enough condition to then start to introduce a little bit of stimulation into it. Because then you can learn or form new memories? Exactly. How was the rest of the recovery process like? Uh, to, I guess to an extent I'm still, you know, I'm still recovering. I'm still, it's now eight and a half years later and I'm still um, doing my rehab. I'm still still seeing a, a, a neuropsychologist once a fortnight. I'm still seeing my hair therapist once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. So I guess the recovery is still going but what happened i guess in the in the in the recovery i you know for the first month i was in pta then the first uh, six months i was an inpatient and then for the first three years i was an outpatient at epworth you know and then i go go then i went into the community to do all my therapy out there and that is what's still going now yeah were you itching to get out after that time it's really odd because I kind of felt like I was at home there. Yeah, it was, I think it was about mid-January, mid-February, and I was, uh, I was allowed. I was I was introduced to homestay, so I was able to go home on the weekends, but I had to go back back to rehab and live there for the week. I guess it's like boarding school or like a, you know full-time job. And before my accident, I was such a social person, and I, I you know I could do everything physically. I could do everything, and it was awesome because I was at, at the same level as all of my friends. After the accident, I kind of felt like I was I was underneath all my friends. You know, I wasn't able to go out and kick the football. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to go out to the nightclub with them. I wasn't able to go out and have fun like they have fun. So I was I was sitting on the sidelines, and out in out in public, I guess there there became a disconnect that that I felt and it was it was it was only when I went back to rehab where I was surrounded by other people that were in the same boat as me that I found that connection so I actually formed good friendships in there and I actually you know I I formed good friendships with the other patients which I actually still see to this day I you know formed good friendships with my with the nursing group because at, uh, at Epworth I have an Acquired brain injury unit, and there's only seven beds in that unit. So seven beds uh, were controlled, uh, were looked after by two nurses at a time. So when you've got basically you've got a nurse on call 24/7, they become very close to you. So, so it's not, I guess, not like a like a, a normal hospital where a nurse is taking care of. 30 patients the nurse i had was in essence was was taking care of three patients it was very personalized care so i really enjoyed my time there sounds sounds so odd but i actually really enjoyed my time at airport 
in what ways did you feel that your personality changed after the accident? I've become a more empathetic person. So I've become, I guess, a kinder person. I was never um, an asshole, right? I was never rude to people or I never did anything sort of disrespectful to people. But after the accident, I just became uh, a lot more empathetic to people with difficulties because I now was having difficulties myself. So I expected a little empathy from 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 other people, you know. I, I remember you back in high school, and you were a little bit cocky at times. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's really after the accident that we got to know each other a bit better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have, you know, I've talked about the, the sort of friendships that I've that I've gained from having this accident happen to me. You know, mm-hmm. what would you say your main ongoing symptoms are now? Um, the main ongoing symptoms that I still have, that I guess that I'll always have, are my arm. So in the in the accident, I severed when I broke my neck, I severed three nerves in my brachial plexus, and the brachial plexus is the net of nerves that cover your arm. Now you have five nerves in your brachial plexus, and I severed three of them. So I don't have much stability in my arm. I can't really do all that much with it that's one thing and then because i damaged the left frontal cortex of my brain i've got instability issues all the way down from my shoulder to my toe i have instability in my hip my knee my ankle and my gait is you know that that's that's what i spend a lot of time at rehab working on that impacts your balance that impacts my balance also from the from the brain damage i have cognitive dysfunction issues all of the executive functions that we use every day are basically all of the functions we use for thinking have all been affected so yeah. my organization skills are are horrible planning skills problem solving exactly all of that stuff is 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 the stuff i battle with every single day how much insight do you feel that you have into your difficulties because i've been living with this for nine years don't forget this is not something that takes a break on the weekends you know this is a 24 hour seven day a week problem that that people with a brain injury are faced with and you learn a lot of things about your difficulties. Mm-hmm. And what also helped me was that I, when I originally, when I didn't, when I couldn't exactly work out my difficulties, I was in rehab for, for three years and they were teaching me about my difficulties. Mm-hmm. And they were, te- they were basically telling me what I'm going to have problems with in the future. Being in Epworth for three years was just a godsend because they were able to teach me how to live a life again. One of the things I've really noticed with you, and I, I, I see it as a, a good trait, is that there's this part of you that just doesn't have that filter that other people might have. And, you know, whilst it, it might be frustrating at times or you might say something that maybe you'd let her regret, I'm not sure if you do, I, I just really appreciate how open and honest you are about things. And that's another side effect from especially a major head injury is you that filter is taken away. Now, there's a lot of things that I that I do regret saying. And and back earlier after the accident, it was, you know, a lot of the time the filter was gone and I would say things and not Mm realise. Now I've learned to, you know, I've learned to, I've learned to recognise all the times that I do not use a filter and I will pull myself up very quickly and either apologise 
for for that or go home and think about it and think oh my god why did I do that which is you know that's an ongoing battle that I face every basically in every interaction that I have with somebody there will be some point where I don't use a filter where I should have maybe thought twice about what I said no bad things as you said but there are still there are many many bad things that that I say about I can still now, luckily for me, I'm not so, uh, you know, my brain has recovered to a certain point where I can recognise those times and I can try try and correct them and try and learn from experience, I guess. That's great. One of the most impressive things I think that I've heard you do since the brain injury was that you were able to travel overseas. Yeah, that trip was... Now, that was the best, basically the best rehab that I could have ever asked for. I left Australia in 2012, and that was nearly to the day. It was four years after my accident. I left Australia, and then I went traveling solo around the world for 18 months, which was such a challenge for me because my balance wasn't the best. I have one good leg that can still sort of hold up the fort, you know, My arm is fine because I've got another arm, but I don't have another brain. So all of the difficulties that I have with my brain damage all came out to play. You know, my organisation skills. You know, I had to organise basically how to get from A to B in a foreign country that speaks a foreign language, you know, and that, that was just... That was such a challenge for me. You even went snowboarding, didn't you? Yes, I was in Canada for two snow seasons. I was snowboarding for about nine months, six months the first year and then three months the second year. I didn't stay the full season in Canada because I went on a road trip. But, um, yeah, so that was that was really, really enjoyable. So that is one of the things I really admire, that you do put yourself out there and you try these things that maybe you used to do and that you want to get back to doing. I know we've been to a golf driving range together. You know, we've gone snowboarding or skiing together. It seems like you, you try to do as much as you possibly can and still live your life to the fullest. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I guess in the early days when I was going through depression and I was you know I was thinking to myself basically how I could still live a worthy life, and I think I made a decision, and this was before I planned to go overseas. Just before I planned to go overseas, when I accomplished a few goals and I, I you know, and I actually could see that I was actually capable of doing things. You didn't want to be held back by any. I didn't want to, Yes, I didn't want to be held back by any of my disabilities. So you know, then I you know I went out and I tried snowboarding. I went out and I tried golfing. I actually even spoken to my physio quite recently about one-armed kayaking because I used to kayak quite a long time ago back when I was in school, and it actually turns out that my physiotherapist that I'm that I that I see now. She uh, was in the Olympics for England, I think back in 96. Great. So she was, you know, she's massive into kayaking now. And she actually said to me that she would like to get me into a one-armed kayak. Cool. So that's, that's my next challenge, I guess. What do you think that other people don't understand about your brain injury or its impact? It's called the invisible illness for mm-hmm. a reason. A brain injury is completely invisible. 
unless you're extremely severe where you have uh, you know you have speech difficulties uh, you have mobility really bad mobility issues unless you know you have those sort of things happen to you nobody can really tell that you have a brain injury because nobody can see inside your head and the hardest thing is for for people to understand why i actually can't remember that or why i find it so hard to organize something or to find it so hard to organize my days or my weeks or you know an event that I'm trying to say organize people don't understand that I have these problems and that I really I need a lot more time than than anybody else does unless I you know unless I bring it up with people and there's really my my closest friends and family that really know that I have a brain injury and know about the difficulties that I have in my day-to-day life you know nobody else is going to know because I'm I'm, I'm just not I'm not going to tell them I'm not going to make excuses for why I can't do something that is quite a mental challenge that I have on every interaction with somebody. How important has the support been that you've had from family and friends? Without the support from my family and friends, I would have found this so much more challenging. And the support that they've given me has been basically their understanding of my situation. My girlfriend, Jasmine, is actually, she is the closest person that I have to me in my life. And... She has such a good understanding of the difficulties that I face in every single situation. She has been my rock since you know since the day I met her, and I actually met her after my accident. So she doesn't know any different, but she has has formed such a good understanding of the problems that I face, and she can help me with the problems that I face. It's perfect. That's great. What professionals have been most helpful and what have they done that's really helped you? The Transport Accident Commission in Victoria, they cover anybody that's on a registered vehicle and my motorbike was registered at the time. And they have paid for everything financially for me up until this day and they're going to pay for everything financially for me up until I think I'm 60 years old. So basically the next 30 to 40 years. That's everything that happened to me as a result of the accident. Yeah. They're not just going to pay for, you know, pay for my groceries because I don't want to pay for Or a manicure or a massage or actually they will pay for a massage. <laughs> that's only if, I, if it's in, in hand therapy and that's not, not so fun. No. Now, when I was in when I was in rehab uh, in in Epworth as an inpatient, that bed that I took up, room seven, I think it was. That room was close to a thousand dollars a night, and I was there for six months. So I do the figures, you know, that was that was a lot of money that that I would never have been able to afford. Hundred and eighty grand. If if it wasn't up for them, I guess it wasn't hundred and eighty grand because. I wasn't there on the weekends. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> 150 grand at least. Yeah, yeah, at least that, you know. That, and that that was um yeah, that that sort of that sort of care is the care that I received from TAC and if it wasn't for them, I would oh god, I don't even know where I'd be. They've just been incredible. What advice would you give to someone who's had a brain injury recently and they they're struggling to adjust to that? The best piece of advice that I can give, when I was an inpatient at Epworth, we had a guy that came in and had a chat to the inpatients there. 
and he had his accident about I was about seven about seven years prior to that day, around the start of the century. He said to us that his life was better now after he had the brain injury. And I was I remember sitting there thinking about what he was saying, I was thinking to myself, as if your life is better now. My life has been flipped upside down and it's just this is the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody. How could you sit there and say that your life is better now? But now I can honestly say that my life is better now that I've had my brain injury. And I still live with all these challenges. I still wake up every single day fighting the battle. But it has made me into such a better person because of that. And because of all the hard work you put in? Because of all the hard work that I've put in. Yeah. So I guess the the more hard work that you put in, the better result you're going to see in the future for your life. What advice would you give to maybe a, a partner or a family member of someone who's had a brain injury recently? Best advice I can give is just research. Research everything about brain injury. Mm-hmm. There's actually a book called uh, The Brain That Changed Itself by Norman, Norman Deutsch. And it's about, uh, it's just about neuroplasticity and a, a bit basically about the brain. And my father read that as soon as I had my accident. As soon as he knew that I had, had severe brain damage, he started researching and he read that book. And that uh, created a an understanding of what was going to happen to me and what was happening to me. Uh, and I actually turned out to be you know, a lot better than what he was imagining in his head. He did his research straight away and he understood exactly what a brain injury was and exactly how he could help me and how my family and friends could help me. So it's helpful to have that understanding of what the research suggests or of what other people have said, but I think it is still important to remember that each person is an individual. And so it's important to say, all right, I'm going to try to help in this way, but let me know if this isn't what is the help that you need or if this isn't effective for me. Yeah, I think that um, the saying goes, uh, if you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury, meaning that every single person is different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have, if you have a brain injury, you're, you may experience so many side effects that I haven't experienced. And I may have experienced so many side effects that you're not going to experience. Research, uh, research is, is really good, I guess, if you're researching about the whole realm of brain injury. And tell me a bit about the book that you've written. Basically, a memoir, my story. It's from a little bit before my accident to my whole recovery period and that's so that's part one and then part two is my trip overseas and the way I the way I um, was able to travel around the world with my disabilities and show how capable you really are and to show yeah to show I guess to show my capabilities that I that I discovered while I was over there so I think that's a really powerful message that you know, your life doesn't have to get worse. It can change, and by putting in the hard work, that it can really get better. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I guess that's another piece of advice that I can give. You know, you're going to get out what you put in. If you don't take your rehab very seriously, 
your recovery won't be as quick. Before we finish, is there anything else that you'd like to plug? A website or, you know, I know you do some motivational speaking. Yeah, so you can go to, if you'd like to check out what what I do. I do workshops around brain injury, around concussion. I do motivational speaking. I do my, so my keynote speaking about risk, risk taking, keynote speaking about capabilities, the whole journey after adversity. And if you would like to find out more information about that, you can go to my website, www.scottbharris.com.au. Thanks for that today. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, it's been great. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.